With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. This is World Stage with Bruce Torres on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. World Stage indeed. Exposing the tyrannies and exploring our power with deep dives into history, current events, dangerous trends, and the nature of reality. Before I introduce my guest, I want to read just a little bit about a new Substack from Alex Craner. Alex Craner dot Substack. Craner with a K. R-A-I-N-E-R. This, he posted this January 27th. It's titled, The System is Failing, We're on Our Own. And I'm just going to discuss this for a minute because I find him such a bright, brilliant, heart-centered, and incisive thinker about what ails us. The system is failing. We're on our own. Earlier this month, I wrote about the Robert versus Austin case filed by a legal team comprising Ant- Andrew L. Shafley, Todd Callender, David Wilson, and Lisa McGee with a link to the article. The case was profoundly important because it confronted the judiciary with questions that cut to the core of liberty and human dignity. The courts would have had to hear evidence and rule about whether individuals who received the COVID-19 shots could be regarded as chattel property with no human or constitutional rights. The petition was denied. The question is profoundly chilling and it may seem unreal. Given the importance of these questions, one would think the judiciary would hear the petitioner's arguments. And he goes on for about four pages, illuminating and elucidating the the tremendous peril that we face, and yet always emphasizes the remedy, which is more of us having the courage to talk about these things to more people, because good things will happen when enough of us know There are far more humans who love life and love each other than there are tyrants and bullies. And things will improve when more of us personally do something each and every day for what is right, for what is good, for what is life-loving. Amen. With me this hour is Lloyd Chapman, president and founder of the American Small Business League, ASBL.com. He has been suing the United States government for over 35 years to protect federal programs designed to steer federal contracts to America's 33 million small businesses. As the strongest voice in America to protect federal programs for small businesses and small businesses owned by women, minorities, and veterans, Mr. Chapman has won a record 110 legal battles against the federal government. But wait. There's more. He has prompted numerous federal investigations into fraud and federal contracting. He has testified before Congress, written legislation that was introduced into Congress three times, and has appeared on virtually every major TV news channel in America. His articles have appeared in most of the nation's major newspapers, and he is currently working on a project to increase the federal contracting goal for women-owned small businesses to greater than just 5%. Thank you very much for joining me today, Lloyd. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on your show, Bruce. It's an honor. Well, I discovered you last year. I first saw you last year as a supporter of uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr., whose candidacy absolutely fascinates me. And I know we'll find time to talk about that. 
and maybe sooner than later, but I thought I would start by asking you, what made you start suing the U.S. government to protect the interests of America's small businesses as a door to open all that we can talk about your vital work? <laughs> what got me started? Um, it was actually an accident. My father was a contracting officer for the Air Force in McClellan Air Force Base in Sacramento. I went to work for a little computer company in Northern California. My dad said, you should use the Freedom of Information Act to get the small business subcontracting plans on these defense contractors to see if they're trying to find computers. So I did it, and all hell broke loose. And uh, I wound up uh, suing the Pentagon in federal court. I lost in district court to a, a judge whose brother was a high-ranking Pentagon official. I appealed to the Ninth Circuit. I won a unanimous victory, and uh, the judge was so mad at the Pentagon attorney, they were screaming at this lady. She starts crying uncontrollably, <laughs> and uh, uh, the story was picked up nationally, and uh, I, was, I was on track you know, to do that. But, uh, yeah, that's what started, just kind of innocently trying to see what's going on in government contracting. But, uh, yeah, my first case, I won it in 1989 and the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in San Francisco. I've now won 110. Something I'm proud of is my win ratio is 98.5% of the last 35 years. And that's impossible. You can't do that, right? But uh, yeah, it's been exciting. It's been exciting. You know, I, I, I've, I've studied ASBL.com as much as I could over the last week prepping for this. And it's easy to assume you're an attorney, but I'll ask you flat out, are you an attorney? I'm not an attorney, but uh, I'll say that my legal strategies are very good. <laughs> They're very no good. doubt, no, no doubt. And the way that you you know describe it, and the, uh, I want to ask, what was your uh, education? What was your expertise? What was your business uh, acumen at the time when you first had this experience, and going forward up till now? I went to college with a major in uh, marketing management, and I planned to be, you know, a business person and uh, and focus on marketing. And, uh, you know, I got off on lots of different directions, but uh, I was in real estate for a while, and I worked for uh, a man running for governor of Texas uh, for several years. And I moved to California, uh, gosh, like 37 years ago and just kind of fell into to this stuff. Starting the first lawsuit over 30 years ago, were, how often were you doing that before 2004, which is when you founded American Small Business League? You know, I was kind of doing it continually. I will tell you, uh, some of the stuff that the government does when you sue them, people wouldn't believe it. It's just, you wouldn't believe it. But uh, after the first lawsuit, I would get death threats on the phone. They say Lloyd Lang too. I pick it up. Hello. The guy would say, if you don't drop that lawsuit, you're gonna get hurt. And I thought it was a joke, right? So I got a few death threats. Uh, people would follow me in traffic and you know try to intimidate me and things like that. And uh, uh, but that that was that was interesting. And then I just started doing more, you know, more and more after that after that first case. Um. I felt very empowered. When that first case is over, I walked out into the hallway 
And the Pentagon attorney walked out with a big briefcase like pilots carry, and she was crying. And uh, uh, I thought, well, I can win a lot of these. So after that one, I asked for information on three other big government contractors. And that's when they started saying, you know, no. Um, but uh, yeah, it's funny. That was 35 years ago. I have to think about it. But that first lawsuit uh, prompted Bill Clinton to issue a new presidential policy on the Freedom of Information Act. I remember Dennis Miller mentioned it, uh, I think, in one of his HBO uh, specials. And um, yeah, it, it caused a lot of, you know, a lot of commotion. But uh, what, what was what was Clinton's yeah. what was Clinton's uh, new thing? Was it to restrict citizens ability to get the info we were requesting? Oh, that was to, it was to increase it. So oh. uh, one day. Uh, go ahead. No, tell me. Uh, one day I, I, I actually I was talking to my lawyer and she said, what you call the White House about this? So I did. I called the White House and I got a hold of a receptionist and anybody can call the White House. You know that you can call the White House and you'll get you'll get a receptionist and they dump you off where you can leave a recording. And I said, I'd like to speak with George Stephanopoulos. I just want a major lawsuit against the Pentagon. And I think President Clinton might be asked questions about it. I don't I want to make sure he knows about it. She said, one moment, please. They transferred me to another person. And I told them the same thing. They transferred me to uh, Vince Foster's office, who was Clinton's attorney. And I talked to Sharon Mills. And she talked to me. She said, well, send me some more information. I sent it to her. She called back and said, send me more information. I said to her Then she called me. And she said, President Clinton has issued a new presidential policy based on your lawsuit. And I, I kind of didn't believe that, you know. And the next day, my lawyer called me. He said, you seen the front page of the Wall Street Journal? I said, no. He said, Clinton established a new presidential policy on the Freedom of Information Act to encourage federal agencies to release more documents. And in my office here, I have all the uh, stuff they sent me. They sent me a copy of President Clinton's log that day. They sent me a copy of the letter he sent Janet Reno to tell her to tell the heads of all the agencies to release more information. And they sent me a copy of the letter Janet Reno sent the heads of all the agencies, right? But uh, to tell you the truth, that's impossible. You, you can't just call the White House to get the president to do that, right? But uh, I did it. <laughs> I got lucky. I got lucky. Lloyd, have you have you submitted that as a pitch to Hollywood? Because I would love to see something <laughs> made out of that. I'll tell you something. That is nothing compared to what's happened to me since then. That's just nothing. The things that have happened to me since then, uh, it's it's it would embarrass me to talk about it because you people wouldn't believe it. But uh, when you sue the Pentagon, they don't like it. They don't like it one bit. And they want you to stop. And their resources are unlimited. And there's nothing they won't do. But I used to sue the government uh, and win. I had to go on national television and talk about it. And uh, yeah, no, they don't like that. Yeah, I, there's two then there's two huge things i'd love to talk to you about it is those cases and your personal experiences and all that that now informs your impressions and conviction about the state of the nation the state of our politics and what we the people are up against i know we could fill this whole hour just with that but maybe definitely you say when i want to talk about what small businesses are facing and the vital work of the American Small Business League. So door number one or door number two, Lloyd, which are we going through? First? You know what? We'll, we'll, we'll do both. Uh, so when you were talking about that, 
that uh, lawsuit, here's what I was thinking. It's much worse than you think it is. It's much worse than you think it is. I hear people, you know, complaining about, you know, the border and all these things. I have been up close and personal with the deep state. I have been in a small room with people from the deep state taking depositions of Pentagon witnesses and in federal court, right? I've been in federal court just countless times. And when people talk to me about their concerns about the government, it's much worse than you think it is. Trust me. You know, 35 years in federal court, it's much worse than you think it is. Um, well, what are the major, yeah. what are the major three, four, five pillars of problems? Well, let me think about this now. So let me kind of bring in the small business thing. Most people don't realize that America's economy is a small business economy. You see uh, on, on, on national news, they're talking about the S&P 500 and Fortune 500 firms like that. Fortune 500 firms in America haven't created one net new job in over 40 years. In over 40 years, 98% of all the net new jobs in America come from small businesses and primarily from companies with less than 100 employees. So uh, I believe 98% of all U.S. firms have less than 100 employees. The largest economic stimulus program in history for the American people is the Small Business Act, and nobody knows that. Nobody knows that. Um, and the main thing that I have done for 35 years is try to protect the Small Business Act. Again, the largest economic stimulus program for the American people in history. It affects everybody. It affects everybody. So the work of the American Small Business League affects every single person in America because we're trying to make sure that the government complies with the federal law that says that uh, a minimum of 23% of every dollar they spend goes into the middle class. And that's right. It should be around 350, 40 billion a year. It's maybe 10% of that. So, uh, and that causes a multitude of problems, by the way. I was uh, uh, in LA the other day and I saw all these homeless people, whatever. I believe that if government would quit cheating small businesses and put that 400 billion into the middle class, it would uh, create millions of jobs and create an economic boom that would solve a lot of our problems like, like homelessness, right? But mm -hmm. um, in, in the 35 years I've been doing this, I calculate that the government has pulled about $10 trillion in federal funds that by law should be going into the middle class and giving that to Fortune 500 firms that don't create jobs and don't pay taxes. So if you, if you uh, Google Fortune 500 firms don't pay taxes, a big list pops up. And uh, some of the biggest companies in America pay zero taxes. So you and I pay more federal taxes than probably two dozen Fortune 500 firms. Mm -hmm. and just but, but nobody knows that kind of stuff, right? But um, well, until they, they, they go to the uh, web, until your website, asbl.com for the American Small Business yeah. League. Um, go, continue because it's it really was a revelation and it's you know of all the things that outrage a person and i follow these things as closely as i can and knowing the ideals that we are supposed to be doing and also what would be economically healthy from my study of history from hamilton through the american system through uh, the new deal and the good things roosevelt did and what john f kennedy was trying to do to see what's going on today it is 10 times worse than I alluded to at the top, as you're well aware, the uh, intentional evisceration and dissolution and destruction of uh, our country. Yep. 
and, and what I've done, and, and I've done every major TV news program, and a lot of people have contacted me, and it's put me in contact with, with just thousands of people, and it's kind of uh, exposed me to just hundreds of different situations in the government, right? And uh, it's all, there's a similarity in it in that the benefits all go to Fortune 500 firms and uh, the American people get, get screwed. That's, that's a common thing. I did an interview uh, on uh, the PPP program and that was supposed to be for small businesses, the payroll protection program. It was supposed to help small businesses to stop having to lay people off when their business went down. Lloyd, I've got to interject. I've got, allow me to interject uh, right here because it is time for uh, me to share the following. If you love a good documentary, then you'll love our special screenings, uninterrupted. Cinema features some of the latest and most notable documentaries from the world's best filmmakers. Check out TNT's website for more information. Weekends are better when you spend it with us. And now here is important information from today's news talk, TNT. TNT's Jeremy Nell. Nice comment here from Rebecca. She says the youngest people um, I work with are a bit more mature, but their interactions with the public is stifled. And she's referring to the excessive use of cell phones and social media and how it's making them so antisocial also. The business is open six days a week. One of his staff members formally requested that they shouldn't, you know, that they, could they be given permission not to have to work on Wednesdays so that they could help at the dog shelter. Now, as you know, I'm a dog lover. I have hunting dogs, I've got dogs coming out of my ears, my Malinois, and this dog, this Malinois, is bright even by Malinois standards. She can do crossword puzzles, is lying under my desk at the moment, feeling sorry for herself because she's just come on heat for the first time and she's completely bewildered. She doesn't know why she's bleeding to death. It's not about whether it's a good or a bad thing to work at animal shelters. That's a delightful thing. It's a noble thing to do. But who in their right minds goes to their boss and says, would you mind? I'd rather not work on Wednesdays if it's okay, because I've got other priorities in a, in a town down the road. Jeremy now on today's News Talk. TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk Listen. Listen up! Now listen, we gotta talk. It's what we do best. This is today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Lloyd Chapman of the American Small Business League, ASBL.com. You just started telling me about a recent interview about the PPE. Remind me what the P- PPP is, rather. The, the Payroll Protection Program. It came out during COVID to give small businesses money so they didn't have to lay people off, payroll protection program. Most of the money went to billionaires, went to billionaires. Um, Small businesses 
you got a very small percentage of the money, the largest recipient of the PPP program. So the PPP program was to keep you from laying people off. The guy that got the most money laid off 96% of his staff. Uh, I think he was a friend of President Trump's and he owned um, hotels, you know, all over the place, right? But that's the guy that got the most money. Uh, I remember the Eagles, the band, the Eagles got uh, PPP money. Um, I think Kanye West got PP money. Just crazy. Basketball teams, you know, football teams, but very little of it went to small businesses. But that's typical. That is stereotypical of the United States government and how they operate. The money that's supposed to go to the middle class, to the American yeah. people, is always yeah. diverted to Fortune 500 firms. I'm drinking this up because I, I wrote one book in my life. It's called God, School, 9-11, and JFK, The Lies That Are Killing Us and The Truth That Sets Us Free. And people can read all about it at brucetatoras.com. And to discover on your site, asbl.com, the shenanigans, for lack of a better word, were the problem of the Small Business Administration to see once again, I don't want to say every place, everything about the federal government that I look at dissolves in, in corruption and fraud and, and abuse of power and a betrayal of the trust of the American people, but boy howdy, there is plenty <laughs> in that column. And I know that we want to talk about the state of the nation, how it got this way, the presidential election this year, reasons to be cheerful, and what, dear God, every American can and should do. Maybe, first of all, how to support the American Small Business League, and then, Lloyd, everything else under the sun. What what would you, you know, tell me first, talk into all these things that I just, you know, mentioned? Well, first of all, people need to realize the statistics that I threw out that uh, 98% of all U.S. firms have less than 100 employees. They're responsible for half the gross domestic product, uh, uh, half the private sector workforce, over 90% of U.S. exports, and most importantly, 98% of all net new jobs. Jobs come from small businesses. Fortune 500 firms have created one net new job since 1980. And again, a lot of them don't pay taxes. So America, our economy is based upon small businesses, and, and nobody knows that. By the way, you, you can't go on CNN and talk about that. In fact, uh, I would bet uh, that no one can show me anyone from ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, or CNN, a story about how small businesses create 90% of the net new jobs. It's never been mentioned. I, I, I uh, watch TV a lot. I watch the news a lot. And the commercials are directed towards small businesses. That means the advertisers know who's watching small businesses, right? But you will never hear someone on network television or cable television talking about and praising the small businesses where most Americans work. You'll never hear it. Right. Um, mm. But uh, well, what's it, what's yeah, in that, it that's, for a small, what, what's in it for a small business owner or the employees of a small business at American, American, American small business league. What's in it for them to find and support the, I just saw vital, incredible information. I didn't have time to dig into uh, yeah. Why support the league and what 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 it does for small businesses? Get me up to speed about that, please. Well, you know the, the Small Business Act that mandates that a minimum of twenty percent of what the government spends goes to small businesses and the middle class. The American Small Business League is the only organization in the country that has ever fought to protect that. The only one. So I, I've been on national television countless times 
opposing efforts to uh, close the Small Business Administration and in those programs. And there's, you know, I, I challenge someone, find someone other than Lloyd Chapman on national television objecting to the federal government's plans to close the Small Business Administration. You can't. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so just just be aware that small businesses are the heart of our nation's economy. And uh, Re- recap for me, uh, recap know, but, the, the you gave me some you, you told me earlier and I, I, I didn't compute it in my head. The law says that 23 percent of federal budget dollars needs to go to small businesses. But you said far less than 23 percent. So oh. what percentage of it? is actually doing what it's supposed to do. And there's the fight right there to support this American Small Business League yeah. just to increase, just to try to reach the, the mandate. Yeah. Uh, 36 years of documents I've secured by suing the government, and I've you know just mounds and mounds and mounds of documents. I become friends with guys like Professor Charles Tieper, who's the nation's leading expert on federal contracting law, people like that. And looking at all the documents and all the legal opinions, legitimate small business in America, the middle class, have never got more than 3% of what the government spends. The law says a minimum of 23, they've never got more than 3%. This is, a, and this and, is uh, since 1953, the Small Business Act, right? Right, right. All right, he'll tell you something here. So I should get the Nobel Prize in Economics for this. So about 15 years ago, the Senate Small Business Committee that for every 1% contracts to small businesses go up, it creates 100,000 net new jobs. So all the research and all the lawsuits point to the fact small businesses are only getting 3%, not 23. That's a shortfall of 20%. Well, according to the Senate Small Business Committee, if the government gave small businesses the additional 20%, that would create 2 million net new jobs a year. That would almost yeah. double the number of net new jobs. Um, uh, every month, the government puts out the jobs report and the stock market. In fact, the world markets rise and fall on this jobs report. Federal Reserve policies are based upon the jobs report. Uh, they're, they're claiming to, cr- to create around um, 200 to 250,000 new jobs uh, a month. If, if that fluctuates 5 or 10%, that's, that's the range of fluctuation that the jobs report is about 5 or 10%. Think what would happen if they gave small businesses the full 23% and created 2 million jobs. That would just skyrocket. And I think that would create a uh, an economic boom, quite frankly. But uh, yeah, that, that's, I, that would probably create, I would say, a national economic boom. Amen. And I, I had to study you last year when I saw, because I was really, and I still am studying Bobby Kennedy Jr.'s campaign. And I saw so many shots and video clips, et cetera, from you, with you, with him. That's why I studied you, Lloyd. <laughs> and I do love what he's saying about his plans for the economy. So what what are you what are you what are your thoughts about the candidates, Kennedy and uh, the stakes this year? All right, I know all about that. I've met most of the presidents in my lifetime. I've uh, I had just met them, like shake their hand. I've 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 talked to them, right? And uh, I met Bill Clinton numerous times. I had lunch with him in a room, you know, the size of my living room, right? Uh, I met Bush Senior, and Obama. 
When I endorsed Barack Obama for president, he put my endorsement on the front page of his campaign website, and he released a statement, I'm proud to have support of the American Small Business League and their grassroots campaign to protect American small businesses. So I've, I've been in every office in the House and Senate. I've testified for Congress. I've prompted federal investigations, right? I, I think I know what I'm talking about. Bobby Kennedy is the most amazing man that has ever run for president or will ever run for president. Uh, have you met him? Have you met him? Yes. He's the most charismatic person I've ever met. And uh, he's clearly a genius. His knowledge of American history, American political history is infinite. It's astounding. I was at an event uh, of his as some lady asked him a question about a teacher strike in 1953. He knew all about it. <laughs> he knew all about it. You can't ask that guy a question. He doesn't know the answer to it, right? But in, in being involved, and I've met a lot of his friends, uh, and uh, I've met him about three times. And uh, by the way, the first time I talked to him, it was in a small room with about 20 people. I talked to him extensively about being, you know, supporting small businesses. And uh, he's, I think he's going to be the most pro-small pro business president in our lifetime. And He, he uh, wouldn't, he wouldn't remember me because I, sh I shook his hand when he came off the stage at Hannity last July. And then uh, at a fundraiser in August on a terrace in Manhattan, I took a selfie with him. But we didn't have a conversation. So unless this gets back to him or anyone says, you know, oh. You, you I'll know, tell you what. I can, I can guarantee you after today, he's going to know who you are. Well, <laughs> I'd love him on the show. Lloyd, I want him on this show, and I'm trying to reach you him. You know what? So. I'll tell you what. I, I become friends with some of his friends in L.A., right? And uh, uh, I'll see what I can do. Well, thank you. I've he, had a he's few, amazing. He's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've had a few of his other friends on. I've had uh, Dick Russell on, who's his biographer. Um, and I think maybe I've asked them to you know forward an email or whatever. But back to the potential of what he wants to and can do for the economy and small businesses. Let's unpack that for a little bit. All right. So here's something that I've learned that I did not know. If you go and search on DNC, corporate lobbyist, there are countless stories that show, document that the Democratic National Committee is completely staffed with corporate lobbyists. If you type in RNC, corporate lobbyist, again, the chairman of the Republican National Media is a corporate lobbyist. See if this makes sense to you, okay? Uh, I thought about this. So both the DNC and the RNC are staffed with corporate lobbyists. If you want to run for Congress as a Democrat or Republican, you've got to have the support of your party, right? Yeah. So who do the Democratic, uh, excuse me, who do the, the corporate lobbyist control DNC and RNC, who do they support for Congress? people that will do what they want. So my opinion is that every Democrat and Republican in Congress was handpicked by the corporate lobbyists that control the DNC and RNC. Does that make sense? Yeah, and Lloyd, I'm hearing that through the filter of what I learned this week from your website, that they represent 1% of the firms in the United States. Exactly. Yeah, because the yeah, 99% right. have 98% of the jobs and the and the and the it's amazing. I never thought that that's a brilliant observation. That I'm gonna, that's a brilliant observation. Yeah, Fortune 500 firms represent one percent of the companies in America. They those lobbyists that control the DNC and the RNC, 
They represent the companies that haven't created one job since 1980. And here's a shark. Are you ready for this? I got so many statistics in my head. I, I can't, you know, mm-hmm. be hard to get them out. That 1% gets 97% of every penny spent by our government. Yeah. Think about that. So 97% of our tax dollars go to 1% of the companies that don't create jobs and don't pay taxes. I think that's going to cause a complete economic collapse. I think within five to 10 years, our coal economy could collapse because think what it does to give all the money to the companies that don't create jobs and don't pay taxes and ignore the companies, the 99% of U.S. firms that create, you know, 98, 99% of the jobs and are paying the majority of the taxes. So and you know my impression is- you, you've, you've had a big impact on me with that. Well, that great. And also, my impression is that that same 1% of these big corporations and companies have gutted us for 40 years with globalization. Is It's hand in glove. Yeah. It's the same impact, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're shipping jobs overseas. So Fortune 500 firms, Fortune 100 firms, they're not creating jobs in America. They're creating jobs in Mexico and Taiwan and China and Vietnam. So, uh, yeah, people need to realize America, our economy is based upon small businesses. They need to do business with small businesses and support small businesses and hopefully support me from what uh, I believe is the only person, the only organization trying to protect the Small the small Business Act, which is the largest economic stimulus program for the middle class. I think I'd like to use small business, the middle class. You know, mm-hmm. it's the same. Small businesses are the middle class, right? Yes, so, uh, yes. And, yeah. and so we, Kennedy, we, we mm-hmm, go ahead. Kennedy's the only candidate that's knocked back by that 1% of Fortune 500 firms. Everybody else, Nikki Haley, all those guys are supported by, by either the DNC or the RNC, and they're all backed by Fortune 500 firms. Bobby Kennedy's the only guy running for president that's mm-hmm. not going to be beholden to the Fortune 500 firms uh, that, that I think have complete control of government. And I think they're I think they're running this country into the ground. I know they are. I know they are. Absolutely. And he he is espousing, if I recall, but I can't recall exactly what they are, a few uh, projects and plans and purposes to to boost our economy. What comes to your mind with that very general question? You know what? uh, When I talked about all my issues, uh, he was in agreement. Right. And I Mm -hmm. think that. uh, I think he will be the first president to make sure the small businesses get that 23%. Mm-hmm. Uh, the law says women-owned small businesses get 5%, minorities get 5%, and veteran-owned get 3%. None of them are getting what they're supposed They're all getting one-tenth of what they're supposed to get. I think he's going to be the first president to make sure that that money goes to the middle class. Here's one of my latest issues. Women are half the population. They own 43% of the business in America. And white males get over 90% of all federal contracts. I think I could win a lawsuit in federal court saying that the government is discriminating against women. I think, I think women are getting only 5% is probably a violation of the Civil Rights Act. So my I, latest I, project is to, mm-hmm. yeah, my latest project is try to get woman-owned small businesses a more equitable share of government spending. I think it should be closer to 50. If they're half the population, they're 43% of business owners. Why are they only getting 5%? And it's funny, uh, nobody 
Nobody has talked about that. I bet you can't find one person talk about that in the last 20 years, right? But what's, uh, what's, that, what's, get, that, what's that project and how can regular folks support it? Well, first of all, realize women are half the population. They own 43% of the businesses. They've never gotten 5% of what the government spends. They've never gotten 5%. That's not fair. That's sort of not you know, democratic. It's not equitable. To, you know, it's also not good economic policy, right? It's not good. You know, the, 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 um, if women, uh, I'm talking women on small businesses mainly, right? If they got a more equitable share, it would create millions of jobs and put money back into the middle class, right? Yeah. So yeah, people yeah. need to support uh, woman-owned small businesses, support the notion that women, uh, I think women are being cheated. I think they're being hey, cheated. Hey. I think they're being discriminated against. And just the pressure point in this scenario, Lloyd, to me is, for the love of God, can we get a president who executes the laws, who makes sure that the yeah. laws are executed? Because if the figure is yeah. 5% and they're not getting 5%, we have a failure in the White House, whoever he is. Lloyd, I've got to reintroduce you. Lloyd Chapman of the American Small Business League. Read and learn all about these vital, vital issues at their website, asbl.com. On the other side of some information here, we are going to continue a deep dive into the state of America, presidential politics, the things that are ailing America, and what we need to know and can do about it. Here is important information from today's News Talk, TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the end of the week. So how about a little dose of Joe Biden at his best to get you through the weekend? Folks, um, uh, I, uh, if I were smart, I'd say thank you and leave. There's asylum, asylum officers. And over 100 cutting-edge inspe inspection machines to help detect and stop fentanyl coming out of our southwest border. Greedflation, shrinkflation. You see that article about the Snickers bar? Well, it's going to stop. America, we're tired of being played for suckers. We get thousands. Look, we, we, you know, we now have, we used to, before the recession, before the, the pandemic, Beer brewed here, it is used to make the brew beer here in this refinery. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why it's going Cost 10 bucks to make it. 10 bucks to make it. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the women on Now, normally this would be humorous, funny, you know? But this is a man who's president of the United States and looking for four more years on the job. It's frightening. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern time right here on TNT. Prescription drug pricing points to corporate Freedom of the press is about your right to know. It's about your right to be informed. Today, no. there are real threats to press freedom and your right to know about the world around us. We must protect our right to know, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Before it's too late, understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. You're with Bruce DeTorres and World Stage on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
Lloyd Chapman is the president and founder of the American Small Business League. Their website is asbl.com. There is mind-blowing information on there to put into perspective the state of the nation in the United States of America that will inspire the middle class, small business owners, employees of small businesses, inspire us all to get engaged and become participatory citizens in the adventure of our life and also in the great project of restoring freedom and saving the United States of America from impending disaster. Lloyd, have I overstated the situation there? It's much worse than you think it is. <laughs> it's much worse. Um, Agreed. You know, those, those clips about Biden, I, about six months ago, started looking at video of Biden and taking screenshots out of the video. I convinced he had a stroke about 18 to 20 months ago. I'm convinced of that. Um, if you'll watch him, his right arm uh, and his left arm are not symmetrical. And uh, I, I'm convinced he's had a stroke. I think Biden's had a stroke. And it's it's unimaginable to me that people can watch those videos and say, oh, yeah, yeah, let's get Joe in there for four more years. Um, here's something that I want to uh, tell you and tell people. Biden's not the president. There's no way that that guy who can't even talk and walk is the president. I believe the president is a combination of Jeff Zentz, Mayorkas, Anthony Blinken, Merrick Garland, and Barack Obama. Wow! I, I know yeah. that. I, I know it. There's no way that Biden can can uh, you know being the president's a tough job, man. That, it's probably what do you think, yeah. like 14, 16 hours a day. There's no well, way that for, Biden can for do someone that. who could do it. No, there's no way that he's doing that. No. And I, I'm completely uh, agreed with some combination like that is is calling the shots. Now, let's talk about the quality of the decisions and their policies, shall we? Can we talk about the intentional sure. uh, evisceration of America? What uh, what it's um, horrific. It's horrific. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was visiting friends in Canada the other day and I came in. I had to go through customs, immigration answer a bunch of questions and, and show my passport. And they're just letting guys walk across the border. <laughs> they're, they're, they, yeah. they, they screened me more than they do people. You know, I'm an American citizen. I've lived here for yeah. 74 years. Yeah. They screen me more than some people just walking in from, uh, you know, China or Mexico or South America or, or someplace. I can't believe yeah. it. I can't believe it. it it's horrific. What I think about is the um, in the next 10 to 20 years, the impact on our country and our economy and our infrastructure of letting millions of people in like that that aren't being vetted, it's going to be horrific. It's going to be horrific. It's, it's and scary. Lord, and I'm seeing that in the context of uh, the last 20 years. I'm convinced, as are thousands, that the attacks of 9-11 were an inside job. Right there, that is that is a breathtaking reality. That is how corrupt, phony, and untrustworthy every pronouncement and act from the federal government and the mainstream media is to somebody like me. Looking at what happened in Europe with the refugees from the Middle East after uh, the during the war on terror, and how that has accelerated there, and now it's flushing into us and rushing into us with our with our open border it's easy to imagine 
the same, you know, it, we're seeing the same destabilization and there's nothing like chaos. There's nothing like an out of control, violent, criminal, dangerous situation in a country to justify a clampdown. And there are all these emergency provisions on the books that give presidents dictatorial powers that they have taken advantage of since 9-11, the Department of Homeland Security and the USA Patriot Act. It being 10 times worse than we're able to really explain here, Lloyd, I'm very I'm very hopeful. I want to know why does Lloyd Chapman think we still have 10 or 20 years before some catastrophic failure or false flag or excuse to uh, lock us down in even worse totalitarian authoritarian controls? I think there's going to be another terrorist attack within five years. Yep. I think there's, you know, uh, it's, it's uh, impossible that in those millions of people coming across the border, that those terrorist groups hadn't put their people in there. I hmm. saw a video the other day of some reporter just grabbing some guy out of the crowd and asking him what his name was. And he said, you're too stupid to know what my name is, but you'll know who I am. Watch that. It's uh, scary. It's well, scary. That, that is a tangible example proving what Dr. Naomi Wolf and a lot of her investigators at dailycloud.io and she on her substack are demonstrating. She's got a former border agent. I think his name is J.J. Carroll now, writing and contributing to Daily Cloud. Her husband, Brian O'Shea. And it's definitely, uh, are those familiar to you? Are these people familiar to you, Lloyd? No, I'm not that familiar with those people. Well, you, but, uh, I, you're you're studying the exact same phenomenon that they're reporting in a very, very similar and congruent way to your observations, for sure. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, horrific. I was in a car wreck a few uh, years ago, and yeah. I went to the emergency room, and it's just packed with with migrants. It's their only way to get medical care, right? And now we're having millions more people. It's gonna it's gonna overwhelm the hospitals. It's going to overwhelm the hospitals, right? And uh, what I don't get is, and, and see if I'm right about this, but isn't it illegal? Isn't it against a law in America to just come in from another country? That's against the law, right? That's why I had to show my passport and answer all these questions to get back in the state from Canada. So they're, when they're letting those yeah. people in, they're, every, every person that comes in, that's a violation of, of the federal law. Every person, that's a violation, that's a violation. So the the... I saw 2.8 million people were, uh, came in in, in uh, 23 and 2.7 to 22. That's over 5 million people. That's 5 million violations of federal law. Why are they allowing that? I don't get it. Why? Right. right. Well, it's, I, it's I don't get the, it. The worst speculation is that it's, you know, military age, a lot of military age. And wow, the, 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 the snarky quip that you saw that, illegal say you're too dumb to know my name but you'll you'll know who i am one day exactly is, that was scary that's frightening implication so um how to continue exploring that through the lens of more and more uh the, the problems that we have or what bobby kennedy is proposing to solve it i i, I want to focus on that because economically uh, as the context for what kennedy wants to do one of the first and major things I heard him say last year when he announced his candidacy is his plan 
to shrink our military. And I will describe our military as absolutely unnecessary at the gargantuan size that it is, absolutely a, a criminal enterprise. It's the muscle for horrible banking and business exploitation, colonization, and brutality absolutely. around, around absolutely. the world. So uh, it, it, when he gets a chance to do that, that would be great. I, the, the one thing that I, I wish that he would keep studying and maybe have an, an epiphany about it, and I, and I want to ask your thoughts about it, I can't wrap my head around his blind support of Israel and what Israel is doing to Gaza. I don't want to go on a huge tangent of that, but I want I want you to tell me, please, your thoughts about that. All right. It would be impossible to be elected president of the United States without a pro-Israel policy. No way on earth. No way on earth could anyone run for president and have a policy that's not identical to Bobby Kennedy's. Now, maybe those guys haven't been as vocal about it, but unless you have a pro-Israel policy, you're not going to get anywhere near the White House. Anywhere near it. Fine. I can imagine a pro-Israel policy that is uh, anti-genocide and in favor of a a complete cessation of the brutality that Israel is inflicting over there. That's just for me to get on the record saying that. You know what? Um, I I agree with you completely. Uh, What I think about to myself is I think they've killed 27,000 civilians, 80% of women and children. That's a U.S. ally. And they're killing those people with weapon system we gave them. Yeah. What percentage of American people go, yeah, let's kill more women and children. So it's just it's just horrific. It's just it's it breaks my heart. It makes me just want to cry that they're mm. killing thousands mm. and thousands of women and children. I saw someone yeah. the other day say, well, Israel's got the right to protect itself. If some guy breaks in my house with a gun and I shoot him. I protect myself, but but I go to his house and kill his wife and his kids. I'm not protecting myself. <laughs> That's what right. I think or about. His, it, right? Or or the guy's whole town neighborhood and going yeah. on and on and on and on. Yeah, what it's I, not making I, Israel safer to kill those people. Right. I went silent about Bobby uh, for many many weeks in 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 revulsion of his uh, gung ho support for what Israel's doing in Gaza. But lately, I started posting. He is by far hands down the preferred candidate. For all what you described, his deep knowledge of American history, America's values, and understanding of what our problems are, and obviously beneficial proposals for them. His support of Israel and Gaza stinks. I I can hold my nose and overlook that for the vast majority of what he brings to the table. We've got about four minutes left. Do you want to respond to that, or shall we keep exploring new topics? All right. Okay. Um, no, no. Let me, let, me, let me think about that a second. Um, I don't think we should elect our presidents based on any single issue. We should elect a president that's incorruptible, that can't be bought by Fortune 500 firms, and that's Bobby Kennedy. So I, I see people on Twitter that don't like him because his position on abortion or some other like that. Yeah. Right. Don't vote for someone on some single issue. Vote yeah. for someone that's going to get America out of debt and uh, that's going to adopt policies that will benefit most of the people. And he's the best guy. Here's what I'll say to the American people. I'll vote for any Democrat or any Republican is a vote for corporate control of your government, more corruption, more fraud, more bribery, and more endless wars. Bobby Kennedy is the only guy 
that's going to do what's best for the American people and not for the Fortune 500 firms that have bankrupted this country. You talked about the Pentagon. Google, $35 trillion missing from the Pentagon. Thank Check you. that out. $35 right. trillion missing from the Pentagon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which implies, Lloyd, plans and technology we literally can't imagine. But back to back to Bobby's enormous uh, opportunity. He's huge on what he is proposing for our economy, for what he's proposing, the transformation of our military to shrink and bring back this empire, sh close down the empire. We're not supposed to be an empire. We're supposed to be champions of freedom and democracy and representative government. He's huge in terms of health and safety, understanding the chronic diseases that are killing us, his understanding of the harms of many pharmaceutical yep. products, his understanding yep. of COVID-19 makes him a gigantic opportunity for America. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, he's the most about, amazing man. That's a, mm -hmm. He's the most amazing man. He's the smartest, most uh, incorruptible, brilliant, compassionate, caring, kind man that has ever run for president. And we need that boy in the White House. <laughs> Plus, yeah. he's friends with Eric Clapton. <laughs> yeah, what, what could be better? I spent 10 years studying his uncle, President John F. Kennedy, and then yeah. compiled it into you know my book. It's the biggest chapter in my book and fell in love with Bobby Jr. over the last 10 years along the way. Fell in love with what he was saying about COVID and the injections in 20, 21, 22. And in 23 last year, when he threw his hat in the ring, I thought, that is a personal gift from God. That's a wink and a nudge from God to Bruce. Like, you ain't seen nothing yet in terms of, you know, exciting, yep. like, wow. Because if anybody studies the presidency of John F. Kennedy, but what are your thoughts about my huge statement right there, Lloyd? I agree completely. The tattoo, you and I are complete in agreement. It's like talking to myself. Yeah, you and I <laughs> are in complete agreement on everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And it's uh, it's he's, thrilling he's, because it's a real life opportunity to work for something huge and great. And then I always throw in people, please, if you want some hope for America, just go back 60 years and read about a man we had in the White House just 60 years ago, President Kennedy, and and discover, wait a second. It's simply a matter of integrity versus hypocrisy. If we're going to be America, we have to stand for and demand in office people who know and work for America's ideals. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if, I'm, if he's not elected president, we're in for big, big trouble. If anybody other than Bobby Kennedy is elected president, you mark my words, five, 10 years down the road, we're going to be in big, big trouble. Uh, they're going to keep... Uh, I think we owe so much money now that it can't ever be paid off. We're so far in debt, it'd be impossible to pay that off. And if if, if you or I were that much in debt in comparison to what we're bringing in on an annual basis, you could never pay it off. So I think America's going to go bankrupt. Yes. Lloyd Chapman of the American Small Business League. There's IDASBL.com. What are your final thoughts in about 20, 25 seconds, Lloyd? All right. The American Small Disney phone number is 707-789-9575. The first hundred people that call and just and leave your name and address, I'll send you a copy of Bruce's book. The first hundred people. Lloyd Chapman, <laughs> through the goalposts. I am so glad to have you. I'm going to invite you back soon because I feel like we just scratched the surface. Sure. Lloyd Chapman of ASBL. Sure. 
www.thetodaysnewstalk.com here on the incredible Today's News Talk, TNT.